No champagne, just problems. Well, good morning, Elizabeth. Hi, good morning, Kayla. What number cup of coffee are you on? Um, like three. And David told me <laughs> not to have it. He was like, you don't need it. And then I held off for as long as I could. And then finally I grabbed my cup out of the sink. And I was like, I'm going in for another. <laughs> I love those mornings. Though. Is it sunny there too? No, it's awful. Oh, what? And this is like, it's gray and it's snowing. <laughs> no. Okay, I promise I'm not asking you these things just to make you move down here. I just genuinely can't, I can't fathom it. It's crazy. I know. It's awful. And I was in Colorado last week visiting my dad. It's sunny in 85 there when I left. And then I show up in Ohio. And even the, like, it just cracks me up anytime I fly into Ohio in the winter because the pilots (laughs) are always like, or, you know, that whoever comes, I'm sure it's not the pilot, but whomever it is, they come across and they're like, I wish I could tell you that there's great weather in Ohio, but there's not. <laughs> they're just like, and you're going to have a, a really awful walk to your car, basically. <laughs> Man. So. Well, um, okay, so we, we've been, uh, we probably seem like slackers to our listeners <laughs> they, who, who are unaware of the fact that last, last week we... Yes. We recorded a beautiful, like we worked really hard on it. It was an awesome topic. Yeah. We both had a lot of input. It was very, I thought it flowed really well. Yeah. And at the end of it, we realized it had not recorded. Right. The recording had dropped mid-recording and we hadn't realized it. So then, the, the this is what I, I was thinking about it later. I was like, what hurts the most? <laughs> about that is that we re-recorded it yeah right and we shouldn't we shouldn't have done it we should have just been like okay we're gonna call it and you tried you tried to call it but I was like no this is not gonna happen (laughs) and so we recorded it we recorded wait two times two more times no we we tried to record that topic three times Kayla oh my gosh I know I knew it was like nauseating how hard we worked and how it just didn't it didn't pan out so and then and then we tried to have the same jokes and stuff too and tell the same oh stories, my gosh it was so bad it was so. So, I mean I guess it's like it, nothing's wasted I hope <laughs> like, yeah I mean I guess yeah. it kind of helped us like you know develop a good podcast voice I don't know <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Oh, it was so brutal, though. And then I think, and then you went out of town, but it was just like, we were both so demoralized. It was just like, oh my gosh, we we can't go there for at least a week. Yeah, so that was our spring break, I guess. Our spring break from podcasting, because we tried to podcast and we couldn't. Yeah, technical difficulties, (laughs) as usual. Uh, But anyway. what's, What's our topic for today? So, yeah, so today I thought it would be a great time since you just finished your last Jane Austen to have the Jane Austen podcast. Yes. And we can just kind of, you know, you haven't read what, what matters in Austen yet, have you? No, that's my next book. Okay, okay. So let's, let's just do our own, like, that kind of works because we're talking about our own life and how Austen has like just reading Austin, how we see things reflected in our lives afterwards. Like mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't immediately see them in the characters you're reading, which you have had a couple times, mm-hmm. then you're like going about your life and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is just like what happened in this book. Yeah. Um, or, yeah. or you realize that your behavior is influenced by the book. And that that's, that's an interesting 
thing I want to get into because I've, I've grown. So we have different experiences and that you just now read all of them. You had read Pride and Prejudice before, but that was it, right? Right. Exactly. That was the only Jane Austen book I'd ever read. Yeah. And I had, I honestly, I, so I have this memory of my mom had like picked some up at the antique store and they were like really cool, like little, little hard covers, you know, like the little ones, the little font, Mm -hmm. no pictures at all. And I remember we were in Sanford still. So like I had to have been 12 Mm. and I picked up because I remember it was Box Hill. <laughs> so she had Emma and she had Emma and Pride and Prejudice. And I picked up Emma and I was like thumbing through it. And I was like, what is going on in this? This is so interesting. Like it's like games, you know, they're literally playing a game in yeah. a living room and it's like flirty and kind of scandalous. And I was like, yeah. what the heck? Like as a 12 year old, it was so interesting and bizarre. And, um, I, re- I don't remember the first time I actually, I think, I mean, I want to say then I, I did read Pride and Prejudice, but it might've been a year later that I actually like, or two years later that I, that I read them. But I know I was, um, 14 when someone lent me the BBC six movie version <laughs> of Which Pride I and Prejudice. with you. Yeah. yeah. I watched with you. Yeah. And, um, that was amazing. And then. And I know, so I know for a fact I had read Pride and Prejudice by then, and then, you know, Emma and Sense of Sensibility, so. Yeah. Well, so, I don't want to I've read them every year. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't want to take over your topic, but because you're right, I just finished them. Yeah, so you start, you start with your. Well, I was going to say, I can quickly say, like, the top things I thought of of each book. Yeah. Right? So, like you said, I've read. Pride and Prejudice, I think, three times now because I read it in high school. I read it two years ago, and then I just finished it. I, I saved it for last, right? Okay, okay. And what I've realized about Jane Austen, and I think about myself, I've, I've started reading a lot over COVID, probably like a lot of people, but I, I used to read, I mean, we went to the library all the time as kids, right? And then I just kind of stopped reading for pleasure. And then I picked it up again and was like, oh, why did I ever stop doing this? I love it. But what I've realized about myself is a lot of times I'm so excited to get through the book and understand Mm -hmm. what the story is that Mm -hmm. I don't pick up a lot of things until the next time I read it. Right? Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. It's very common. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't skip to the end, which I know you do. (laughs) I, um... (laughs) I have done that. I really have. This is why I told you it, it actually helps me to have the Kindle versions because it's harder to skip ahead. Um, it just like with a with the with the pages right there, you can like skip a couple pages at a time and like yeah. know generally what you're missing, right. but not right. with the e versions at all. It's true. It's true. But I have like prided myself that I don't think I've ever skipped ahead. So, but I will skim it is my problem. (laughs) I'll be like, and you're talking, let's move on. But so (laughs) anyway, what I picked up from Pride and Prejudice this time, two major things. First of all, I never understood, I never just fully grasped the the scene where um, it's the second time that Lizzie is at a ball that Mr. Darcy's at, right? And mm-hmm. her family does odd things that she's highly embarrassed about. Yeah. You know? It is the, the Netherfield ball, ball, right? Yeah, I was going to say it's the one yeah. at, at, I was going to call it Nottingham, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
<laughs> not a field ball. Exactly. And I was like, I don't understand why the way that Mary was playing the piano was embarrassing to her or the way that her father reacted to it was embarrassing. You know, I just, I didn't get it. And then this time reading it through, it's like I was able to pick up on the sentiment better, you know, mm. and mm. I could see different social situations I've been in that made me cringe the way that yeah. somebody was um, uh, talking Oblivious. too loud or right. It's like it's it's very odd to pin it down because it's it is being oblivious to your situation, right? Where you're just talking just a little bit too loud or you're saying something that's cringy and the person doesn't get it, you know? Mm. Um, so I felt like that really, really stood out to me in a way, back to your point of seeing how to influence myself through Jane Austen, right? Mm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. now that I'm noticing it other people, I'm going to notice it in myself and just be more... I don't know, proper. <laughs> That's not the right word, but it just, it makes me appreciate it more. So that was one thing. But the second thing, Kayla, was that Mr. Collins, he's a mansplainer. He's a total he's a mansplainer. mansplainer. Like, oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. He's because absolutely condescending and sexist. <laughs> right. Like when she was like, uh, no, I don't want to marry you. And he was like, oh, yes, young women do this sometimes because yeah. what you really need to say, it's just like, no, I think what I need to tell you is that I don't want to marry you, you know? Yeah. And I just thought it was so funny because one thing I've been picking up in reading, I'm reading Anna Karenina still. I'm going to read that for years, right? But yeah. I'm reading older books. And I read Ivanhoe last year. And every time I read these historic novels or or whatever we want to call them Mm. i'm just struck by the fact that it's it's the social situations and conversations and everything that we have today you know there's nothing it's it's not new it's we're we have a new term for it which is mansplaining right Mm -hmm. but this has been going on forever yeah um so i just thought that was really interesting and then i feel like from emma it kind of showed me how much of a flirt I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because to your point, like she's very flirty and she does a lot of flirty things. And the way that Jane writes it down, you realize like, oh, she's she is a total flirt, you know? Yeah. But I don't I don't know. I felt like just I don't want to take over the whole conversation because I could because it's all fresh and top of mind right now. But those are some of the main things that popped up where I I just think the way that Jane Austen puts it, she doesn't she's not condescending or, or she doesn't, you know, judge people so much. It's just very you can do with this what you want. This is the situation, these are how the characters are acting. Do you yes. think that's fair? Yeah. Like I think um well, I think she judges, but she judges everyone equally. Like she's sitting there yes. being yes, snarky yes, yes. about everyone. The rich people, the poor people, like literally everybody. Um, And it's very interesting because it's like she... So here's the thing about Jane Austen, too, is people will be like, oh, it's just... Like, I can't... I never get into Jane Austen. It's like too many conversations. It's just like one conversation after another. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but this is where she's a genius author because instead of telling you... Like, the the first rule of good journalism is and good writing in general is show me, don't tell me. So don't tell me that 
you know, Darcy is this way or Elizabeth is this way, show me through their interactions. And she does that so well, like a fly on the wall. She's not like, like, I feel like sometimes it's nauseating reading really modern books where it's just like getting into the heads of the characters so much that you're just like dizzy a little bit. You're like, okay, I need a break from their constant psychobabble. You know, like, I don't need to feel like they're therapists, that I'm inside their head and they're going through. Because we don't do that either. Like, most of us are not, most of us are embarrassing ourselves by our lack of (laughs) self-awareness. Yes, yes. You know, and I feel like a lot of books are written in the first person, and it's the, you know, just let me tell you how I feel from the main character. You don't have to work to figure any of it out. You don't have to be like, oh, this is an interesting point about human nature, because they just tell you, this is an interesting point about human nature, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) right, right. And I I love how subtle Jane Austen is, because I feel like there are a lot of lessons on human nature and how, um, like, on, on the virtues, on prudence and justice and, like, temperance and fortitude, like, there's a lot in her, in her female characters and her male characters, like, there's a lot of like the examples of terrible behavior and terrible character mm-hmm. and sexism mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. snob, you know, classism. There's a lot of that, but there's also like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a very human, they're very human novels and that's why I love them. You know, no, that's such a good point. And I love the way you put it. She judges everyone equally because even oh, yeah. if you think about Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice, something else that picked, I picked up on this time is that. She acknowledged the fact that as soon as she saw Darcy's estate, she yeah. kind of started like realizing she, it was a very material change in the way she saw him because she had that sort of, oh, I could be the mistress of this estate. Well, you know, it, so and people she, always ask that. My professor asked us that, like, do you think it was just because of this? Like, she wanted his money, and it was like, but um, I, I actually, a, I think it's a factor. I don't know, it pro- yes, it could it could be, but yes. having having gotten into the novel so many times um, in my life. Sorry, I one of the kids walked in. Um, I I was listening to it just last night, and I heard, I was listening to the conversation between Willoughby. So so that is how the the mercenary approach to money is Willoughby, right? And. Uh, or not Willoughby, sorry, Wickham. I was like, wait Gosh. a minute, which book are we talking Mixing my books, mixing my I'm this expert at Jane Austen, though. Okay, I know so. everything in Willoughby was definitely in Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, no, like, he, when he meets Elizabeth, he's saying, you know, Mr. Darcy only cares about people with money. And he's like, and she's like, oh, well, he's such a jerk here. Like, nobody likes him. And, and, and Wickham's basically like, well, when he's around wealthy people like himself, he can be very charming. And he immediately mm. makes it about the money. Like, he talks about the money. All it is is about the money for him. And, yeah. and his own relationship with Georgiana was all about money, right? He wanted mm-hmm. her money and he wanted, you know, it, it, that's, and that's, he's just like this endless pit of like needs and, and wanting money and then spending it. And what I think happened for Elizabeth is she, she thought that too. Like she judged Darcy, um, like saying, Oh, well, you're just a mercenary. You just care about money and totally missed that Wickham actually did. Like, that was, like, she completely missed, oh, no, this is how Wickham is. She was like, oh, Wickham's so charming, he's so sweet, because he flattered her. Darcy didn't flatter her. But then when she saw 
So I think, I think the difference is, like, she knew Darcy was wealthy, but when she saw the way in which Darcy lived, it wasn't so much that it was huge and expensive. It was that it was so tasteful and so like elegant and like a, like a, like just um, like she, it was humbling to her. Like, Oh my gosh, he's not just a rich dude. He's basically a prince. Like his Mm. whole life. It's not even like money. It's, it's his education. It's his surroundings. Like he's been surrounded by this like next level of um intelligence and beauty and refinement that like of course he would have a hard time you know being with the country folk that in Meriton <laughs> like of course yeah. and they're all crassly playing you know they're gambling they're playing cards they're being really crude and vulgar and like i think she it was kind of it would be like like any serious drama or like like there's so many characters with total vanity that are like like, oh, they're amazing. Like, Harry Styles, freaking vain. You know, like, <laughs> like, we have so many, we have so many celebrities that their vanity is just paraded in front of us and we reward it. Yeah. You, you know, know we don't, we don't make fun of it. We don't stop it and be like, ha, 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 you're so vain. Yeah. We're like, yeah, you are. You're amazing. Keep telling me how amazing you are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, throughout all of her books, you're right. It's just it, definitely a different lens Okay, put these two things together. It's a different lens, to your point, on the same circumstances that we run into in our current day life, to my point. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, realized, okay. I realized this year there was, like, um, I, made, I made friends with someone, and, you know, it, it, she, I really liked her. And then as soon as she started kind of really pursuing our friendship she she kind of went a little too fast too quickly Mm -hmm. and it freaked me out and I was just like she's really annoying me and I I couldn't figure it out because I was like well I knew all these things about her when I met her like I knew she was intense she is we we see eye to eye on a lot of things like she's she's not doing anything like I'm I'm being a total bitch like why am I being this way and then I realized oh my gosh this is from you know, 20 years of reading Jane Austen, I have this intense suspicion of someone who wants to be intimate too soon. Because in every one of Jane Austen's books, when a, when another female character wants to be really close friends too fast, it's a huge red flag. Yeah. You know, think about in, especially in like Sense and Sensibility, um, right. what's her face who... Mary Crawford? No, no, no. That's um, oh. Nancy Park. Oh, no, you're right. The girl who was engaged to Edward Ferris... Lucy Steele. Oh. You know, yes. she immediately is like, we're going to be best friends. Yes. And Eleanor's like, okay, kind of weird, but I'll be nice to you. And then and then she right. like had this ulterior motive and she's just right. psycho and Cuz they were secretly engaged. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she and she was suspicious of um Eleanor because of things that Edward had said. So she like wanted to like kind of insert herself. Um, yes. And and you know, to stake out her territory but it was it was just so funny to me because I was like oh my gosh I need to give this girl a pass because this is not necessarily like she's not necessarily trying to use me or Mm -hmm. crazy like this Mm -hmm. is this is my but at the same time I mean a lot of times that is right that when someone comes on like I mean you've had friendships I've had friendships that then you ended up needing to distance yourself from or have a friend break up from 
and yep. and you you just feel frustrated later because you're like I I moved too quickly with this friend I should have yeah. you know I could have seen some of these things ahead of time yeah. if I had if I had put the pause button on it a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah well I would also say that Mary Crawford did the exact same thing because the reason why she mm-hmm. wanted to be close with Fanny is because oh of yes Edward. yeah. Right. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. you're right. Okay, wait. So, I had, I did say two loves from Jane Austen, which were really unsatisfying, right? Okay. So, um. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. I just, you know, direction. all of our listeners wanted to make sure I promised the second one <laughs> was from Northanger Abbey, right? So, oh, and I yeah. don't think you actually like Northanger Abbey. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, I've read it the least of any of the other ones. It, for some reason, it's just never, I've never taken it seriously. Well, so Catherine is the heroine. Mm-hmm. And Moreland, Catherine Moreland. Catherine Moreland. Yes. I'm cheating. I'm name. looking at the book right now, by the way. Like, oh, I don't know oh. how you just remember all these things. <laughs> uh, well, you'd have to jog, if you can tell, you have to jog my memory, but then I'll, I'll remember like the other half of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and she ends up with Henry. Right? Mm-hmm. Henry and, kill me. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the book, from what I remember, I think Jane Austen was basically like, yeah, they were young. They didn't have a lot of money and they're probably going to have a lot of babies and their marriage will be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. she was just kind of like, and then they went off. It wasn't this great love. It was like, it was a, this is how they got together. But, you know, not going to be the best life choice, probably. It's still going to be difficult and, and they'll have well, a whole life. That you one know? was on purpose because the whole thing was like she was kind of mocking. She was, I think, she was making fun of Jane Eyre and and the Bronte sisters, like who were super melodramatic and like oh. dark and gloomy and like everything is serious and intense. And then it's like, okay, like in real life, no, you don't marry Mr. Rochester. You marry the Henry Tilney who is cute and funny and gonna go bald at some point. And you know, yeah, you're gonna have <laughs> issues in life. Like I feel like she. That one was, um, what's the word where you're like, like Spaceballs? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like the movie Spaceballs, how it's like making fun of Star Wars. Oh. A spoof. There's oh. another word for it. Ah, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, I'm pretty sure. That's why I haven't read Northanger Abbey more than like once or twice, because I feel like it's the whole thing is more just like a joke. It's not really like. A real novel. Mm, I don't I see, think Jane Austen was like in love with any of the characters. I think she wrote it to like make a point. Okay, because I didn't fall in love with any of the characters either, and I wanted yeah. a lot more from the exploration of the Abbey. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So. No, she. Think about it. She's totally making fun of Jane Eyre in that, or or yeah, maybe Jane, other. Jane I think I think there were a million like that at the time of like these gothic romances where it was. There was always like a dark, gloomy house that you were kind of scared of. And then there was like a, you know, a bad person there. It was just, yeah. It, I mean, I think there were, I think there were a million like that at the time. You know what? That's very interesting because from what I remember of Northanger Abbey, this is like the only time that she wrote about a reader. And so much of the book was discussing novels. Yeah. And Henry was even making fun of the novels that Catherine was reading because he's like, yeah. oh, those are like trash novels, basically. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is what. Yeah. I think that's I think that's what she was making fun of other books at the time. I think that was the whole her mm-hmm. whole gist there. But 
Did you, um, how did you feel about Sense and Sensibility? I loved Sense and Sensibility so much. Yeah. Which was, okay. So which was your favorite? Emma, Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility? Oh, Oh, or persuasion. Really I guess persuasion is always should be up there too. <laughs> persuasion is an option. Um, let's see. I love sense and sense sense and sensibility so much. Mm-hmm. I gave it to my sister right away because I was like, "You have to read this book." Mm. And I think it's because the heroine in that one was the most Lizzie Bennet esque of all of them. Marianne. You know. Yes, and. Um, Okay, sorry, because I have them all in my head. So (laughs) let me make sure I'm talking about the right one. Sense and Sensibility is the one where um, she has the sisters Mary and Elizabeth. Or no, that's Persuasion. Hmm? No, that's Mansfield Park. Never mind. I think Mansfield Park is my favorite, Kayla. Really? Yeah. Because I think, too, I have this... um, I have this idea, which may be completely wrong, but I think that, hold on, actually, just let me jog my memory. It's not Fanny. I'm sorry. You're right. It is Sense and Sensibility. This is the problem when you read all of them back to back. Right. No, I can only imagine. I would have, I would have the same problems if I had read them all for the first time all in in a row. A hundred percent persuasion. This is why. All right. So, Anne... I felt like was the most Lizzie Bennet-esque of all the characters. And, of course, mm-hmm. like, I love the stronger type, right? That's mm-hmm. who I'm drawn toward. Um, I really, I, I thought it was hilarious. I laughed out loud some of the <laughs> descriptions that were in Persuasion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like when um, they went to the seashore and the girl was being so silly and she kept making yes. him like catch her when she yeah. was jumping off the steps and then she slipped and bumped her head and <laughs> yeah. I was like dying about all of that. But I also feel like But we've all been there where we've seen, we really liked, I mean, I think most of us have been there at some point in our lives where we really liked a guy and then there was this girl who was just going after him. And, yeah. and then you're like, well, I don't want to compete with her. But then on top of that, she, Anne, feels like, well, he's never going to want me because I've refused him already. Like, it's such right. good romantic chemistry. I, I, it, is it is really good. It is. And then I think that, so remember at the end of the book when um, Anne runs into Mrs. Smith in yes. town? Yes. Her old school I friend. Think, yes. I think that Jane wrote herself into the book by, I think she's Mrs. Smith. That's what? my theory. Yeah. Wait, you have to you have to explain this theory to me. Well, because she's this it was so random, right? Like I, I felt like she needed another character, but I feel as though Mrs. Smith, she was um an invalid, you know? Uh-huh. She just like stayed at home, she never went out, she lived vicariously through Anne coming and telling her all these things. And Jane okay. Austen she was. She never left home. She never traveled. She never did anything. She she died at a very young age, right? Mm. And she lived vicariously through her writing and through these stories that she created. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. yeah. So in the first minute I read about Mrs. Smith, I was like, I think that that's Jane inserting herself into the book. So interesting. Yes, that's my theory, and it's not backed by anything other than <laughs> my gut. Okay, okay. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Okay, so what's what's your favorite then? Oh, well, 
I mean, it started as I was a diehard Pride and Prejudice girl. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think everybody, it's, it's such an easy to love romantic story. Um, and it has become such a like template for other romances, right? Like Mm -hmm. the guy loves the girl, the girl turns him down. Then the girl slowly realizes, oh shit, what did I do? He's amazing. You know, it's such a great, such a great format, um, formula. But, um, but I, over time, I have really gotten so much out of Emma from the little characters, the side characters. Mm. And it's like, every time I reread it, it's just more and more like you, I, there's more like hints about, I feel like there's such a, a complete tapestry of the whole town and like the, just the story around, um, you know, Mr. Woodhouse and, and his, mm. you know, being so like worried about everybody. And there's, so sometimes I think Jane Austen's flaw, which I totally get, especially being a writer myself, is she can be a little too mean sometimes <laughs> and 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 the the bad the mean annoying characters are just she just goes to town ripping into them you know like the yeah. mrs bennett's or the lydia bennett's and and they're just all awful like there is yeah. not a little bit of like cuteness about them they are the most ridiculous characters yes. um mrs musgrove being fat and like crying and oh, she's yeah. like making fun of how fat she is <laughs> Yes. I yes. mean, it's so bad. So bad. But like, but I think with Emma, there's a lot more like Emma basically gets um, like chided for doing that herself for like, mm-hmm. you know, like not, not really appreciating the complexity of like Mrs. Bates and Miss Bates and, yes. and, you know, being too harsh on people. And she, she like repents of that. And I feel like it's such an... I wonder if Jane did too a little bit because there's such a like interesting there's there's just a lot of layers to the characters that you think are ridiculous at first and then you're like oh wow like what an interesting you know dynamic there or the ones that you think are amazing you start to yeah. see like they have these kind of foibles like like um who what's the name the guy who marries uh Mrs. Weston uh Mr. Weston um, her, who marries her, um, her old governess. Oh yeah. With yeah. Mr. Son. I can't think of yeah, his name. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's Mr. Weston, but I can't remember yeah. his first name, but, um, I just read it too, but he, <gasps> there's so many funny, um, things about how he, he kind of basically like at first Emma feels very honored to be in his inner circle. And then you, yeah he constantly is inviting new people to the inner circle to like the whole town is his inner circle and he is the biggest gossip, but it's like, it's such a funny, subtle, like she slowly realizes it about him and you slowly realize it about him. It's hilarious. Like I found that so funny, but he's still lovable. It's not like a, Ooh, don't be friends with him anymore. It's more just like, yeah, be careful what you tell him. Right. (laughs) Right. No, you're right. The character's, they, there was a lot of character development in Emma. And it, yeah. and you know what? But back to your point, Jane is not on the nose with a lot of stuff, which is so great because you learn more each time you pick up the book, you mm, know? Yeah, yeah. But I, I loved, I loved, um, I also, I, I see myself a lot in that story. I see my love story a lot in that story, like, mm. because I, you know, just the dynamic of her and Mr. Knightley being like her older brother for so long and, and just, 
you know, just this organic falling in love that sort of happened for both of them, but like kind of caught them both off guard. Yeah. I totally relate to that. So that's, I think that's where I, I always go back to that book. Um, and I really, oh, I felt like there was so much that made me appreciate why I love, like, I already knew I loved it so much, but I was like, I wonder why, like, it's so simple. Nothing really exciting happens in it compared to the other Austin novels. But then, um, in that book, what matters in Jane Austen that I, by John C. Mullen, Mm -hmm. he talks so much. I think Emma's his favorite. Um, he, he talks so much about little, um, little details in the story, like the wet, like how often they're talking about the weather and how that plays into the story itself. And, um, there's just, there's just a lot of stuff like that in there that, and he's the one who pointed out the thing about Mr. Weston. Like he's always, you know, bringing new people in and and it's a little bit, and that is like a frustrating thing in friendship where you're like, Oh, I'm going to go over and like the, where he threw the party. Remember he throws the ball and like, he tells everyone, would you come over early and help me? And they're all like, Oh my gosh, I'm so honored to be included. And then, but everybody is there for it. And everyone is there early and they're like, Oh, okay. Got it. Yes. Yes. I have friends like that, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's just so funny to me. I, I, you know, I just love it. It's amazing. Oh it's gosh. she. She really did. She really did nail uh, human nature. I think over and over again. She did. She did, and that's why it's like shocking to me. Again, not shocking, but human nature hasn't changed, and that's yeah. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. No, <laughs> we we have new like trends and things, and things bring out different sides of us, like technology, but it doesn't change right. fundamentally who we are. Right. Right. So, well, listen, I got to run to mass, but, um, this was delightful and I feel like we just scratched the surface and I'm sorry, we should have had you, you're right. We should have had like more of a, like, let's talk about this aspect of Jane Austen, but this was like the intro, the intro of like why we read Jane Austen, how it affects our, I feel like we, we covered like how it impacts our friendships and like the way we see life and, um, just the general... We can go back and do more in depth, though, if you want. I was going to say, I feel like we could definitely go in depth, but you're right. Good good scratching the surface. Maybe we'll just start saying how she's influencing our life in each of those episodes. Yeah. And then this one, this is how I thought of Jane this week. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, have a lovely rest of your Sunday, and I'll talk to you Me later. Too. Okay. Love you. Bye.